Hey everybody and welcome back to episode 13 of Comics for All. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate all the love and support we've been getting as well as we've been on vacation and we are happy to be back and looking forward to making a lot more new episodes for y'all as well. So thank you for that. On this episode though, we're going to talk about Fair Spark Comic Books and what they do. They are a phenomenal indie uh, publisher that is supporting their community in a very cool way through comics and supporting the medium of comics. So we appreciate them and want to share what they're about as well. So thank you guys that were at Fair Spark. Next, we are also going to be speaking about Avengers Endgame, uh, some of our reactions to that, what that looks like, and, and some of our just general thoughts on the movie we had, and what we're kind of looking forward to seeing hopefully Marvel do next with their uh, MCU. Lastly, we are going to talk about the closing of Vertigo Comics, uh, the unfortunate and not really abrupt uh, for everyone else, but abrupt for me closing of those doors. So we hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for your time. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you get this show, and enjoy. I want to talk about something that puts us together. So, uh, comic books it is, comic books for life, comic books for all. And here we go. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. All right. Wow, man. Uh, this mic is like a little dusty right here. I need to get a Swiffer <laughs> on this thing. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Comics for All, man. Happy to happy to be back. Happy to see everybody's lovely faces here that you all listening cannot see at this moment, but hopefully one day you will soon. So, uh, oh, welcome. Why would you curse them like that? I mean, it's my whole thing. It's what I it's I, I enjoy, you know, giving people, a, you know, a little tease, a little tantalization and then, you know, scaring them senselessly as well. So uh, <laughs> welcome back to Comics for All, everyone. That is Marley. How you doing, Marley? How's things going there? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying my vacation, and there's no better way to enjoy a vacation than with comic books. Yes, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. What? Who needs the sun when you have that good old vitamin comic book? Exactly. Vitamin comics. Much, much better <laughs> than vitamin D. Although, you know what? There is something to be said for, for sitting there, like beachside or poolside. It's like a, a nice drink. And a comic book. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just, you know, make sure you're protecting it properly. Don't let that get any sun damage or any well, sand in the spines. You know, take it, and, take it and easy. No take it easy. On the comic book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you sit far enough away. I mean, let's face it. You know, there's there's those little umbrellas. Yeah, you know, yes, you sit you far enough away so you don't get splashed, and you just, you know, good call. You've done your socialization. You've you've come to the family vacation, and then you get to leave. That's why I feel like I bring my comic books so people know to just stop socializing with me. Let me let me be you know my pale mm-hmm. you know very pasty self alone, please and thank you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this we're, we're gonna be going like vampire at the beach levels here, like SPF all over hiding under the umbrella yeah absolutely sunglasses on spf 60 or it doesn't count i like to say so Mm -hmm. and then you also heard another triple digits it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you also (laughs) heard another wonderful voice there max from turbo comics man how you doing max Hey, doing really well. Nice to be back. It's been a while. Dude, it's nice to have you. It's been too long, honestly, and I, I definitely, you know, I'm not going to sit here and apologize all episode. You guys will get that a little bit later. I might apologize, but as of right now, I'm not going to. So, I just figured you were uh, you were still avoiding me since you avoided me at WonderCon. Oh! <laughs> ouch. There's that shade. Not that I avoided you as much as I actually only went to... No, uh, yeah. it's all right. Uh, well, you know, we'll... we'll <laughs> 
I'm not going to throw myself under the bus too much with that one. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's just say by the time I remembered to hit you back up about it, I was uh, way too many drinks deep and Uber was barely even an option at that point. So. Well, it's great. It's great to be back. It's great to be back with all you guys. So it's uh, it's awesome to be recording again for all of our wonderful listeners. Absolutely. We're glad to be back. We're happy to be here. Happy to have Max and Marley and no one knows how great this next person is besides me and everybody else on this show. But man, if you look at this guy right now, I don't, I think he hasn't left this camera since we left him last. So, uh, Pete, how you doing, my man? Sometimes you want to go. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that this isn't YouTube, so we don't have to worry about getting taken down for that. No, Thanks, no, no, no. Guys. Yeah. We do not have to worry about any type of monetization being pulled from us, so. It is beautiful to be here and back. The butt print was warm, but the conversation is better with you guys. Oh, man. If you worked on that more than five minutes, I'm going to be disappointed because it was amazing. I loved it. I was glad that was off the top of your head, <laughs> sir. I appreciate that. How you been, Pete? What's been going on, man? How's life? Oh, working for a living, living and a working, and just loving the comics thing and in as much time as I can squeeze in, as you might be able to attest by Twitter and the occasional shop and signing. Wailing Blade. Wailing super fun. Blade. But among many other things, but yeah. Nice. Well, very sweet. Uh, so with that being said, man, let's. Uh, I want to kind of catch up with you all a little bit, man. I haven't really been able to sit down and chat with you all, even through our messengers or anything like that. Definitely been a lot more MIA. Um, what's new, man? What's been any good finds, any good reads since last we spoke, Mr. Pete? Oh, well, that that Wailing Blade is definitely what the creators promise. Nice. It Who's is... that from? Who's Wailing Blade from? That is from Comics Tribe, more specifically... Oh, Lordy, I just realized I'm going to make up the pronunciation of your name, sir, and I apologize, Richard Duick <laughs> and Joe and Joe Mulvey, and we've got the good Mr. Sotomayor and Esposito on here mm. for the, uh, for the, co- oh, sorry, Chris Sotomayor and Jules Rivera on the colors, and Mr. Taylor Esposito doing the letters, nice, Joe Mulvey. Nice. You might recognize from our good buddies, our good buddies, sorry, Santiago Jr. and David Papos as their cover artist for Spencer and Locke. But Ooh. he is actually doing, even though chatting with them at a recent signing. Nice, nice. Um, they were kind of both saying, you know, Mr. Mulvey's usually more used to, more comfortable on the covers because doing the interior work as well is hard work, but dang apparently he was doing the simple stuff for those just kick-ass noir oh, covers he was doing for spencer it. and lock that's page one yeah I'm how always... is that for an how's that for an opener yeah i could get more of that, that i'm into that already and, any any in the beautiful light of my desk lamp there <laughs> any any time we can get uh you know a hero with a giant sword hanging off his back walking away from a you know a camera shot i'm into it i'm all about it yeah, they, they absolutely freaking delivered. Their elevator pitch is, you know, love letter to 90s, over-masculine, mas- over over-violent, you know, hyper-bloody hyper heroes. But are there pouches? But are there pouches? Only a moderate amount, so... 
only a moderate amount so that i don't know they, they might lose points for that but yeah picture the best of the 90s action like like max or uh, or battle chasers oh yes or or, or tele you know telos uh, you know and very much like that but yeah i'll do all due respect to those guys but especially since i know like battle chasers had an insane schedule it was trying to keep a lot more refined in the failing blade sense you can tell that they were given nice. the not only given the proper time but they took it and just honed it needs like way made, more funny. it needs like way more holofoil or at least a die cut cover <laughs> has to be polybagged like twice with a special edition card in the back yeah we need four you know? different you know cover yeah. variants and right yeah actually i love what they did with the variants it was one of the few one of the few times in modern age i was really tempted the other ones had silver for the logo okay and the other ones were the same picture but at nighttime Ooh, cool. that's cool i'm yeah. into that nice that's cool. and speaking of battle chasers thank you for that kickstarter a couple years back that got us a video game for battle chasers because that is phenomenal game by the way moving on marley what have you been reading what have you been catching up on any uh any good finds any good reads here recently well i mean you know me i'm always like super super late to the things that people like um but you know it's all good no there ain't no, there, it's no contest there's no race here it's all about enjoying what we exactly. got comics, comics for, all. for all exactly exactly um but i have been absolutely enjoying uh umbrella academy nice uh, i have you could say i jumped on the bad wagon on that one but you know what when awesome things get something that they richly deserve like you know a tv show that introduces new audiences to an amazing comic then i don't care yeah Sign me up and get me a seat on that wagon. Umbrella um, Academy was, is phenomenal, by the way, on Netflix. And if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen that. It is excellent. It is. It is. And it's it's definitely one of those things where having seen the TV show first and then reading the comic, they are two very different experiences, but they are definitely the same fabric they're cut from the same cloth sure. and it, you can see it and you're like oh my gosh this is fun and so i get to have my cake and eat it too <laughs> and i love that speaking of gerard way speaking of gerard way comic books bandwagons that got amazing shows doom patrol on dc universe by the way is yeah. phenomenal as well i'm just gonna put that mm-hmm. out there if you haven't watched that it is amazing i remember seeing the uh doom patrol episode on titans and falling absolutely in love with the whole idea and now i've just i've had it reconfirmed for me that i need to go and watch you know the whole doom patrol tv show i'm not gonna lie i forgot how great of a actor brandon fraser is especially without all of his goofy facial expressions so it's yeah. awesome so you know what i i now know what date night's going to be <laughs> for like the next couple of weeks well as long as gerard way keeps bringing up bandwagons i'll hop aboard because i'm all about that guy now i i just forget mm-hmm. how absolutely amazingly creative and talented that guy is heck yeah so but that's mostly what i've been up to nice awesome yeah max what do you got for us man any uh great finds great reads we should be checking out oh man there's always always great finds when you're picking right yeah um, always great finds um 
just a quick grapevine story. I found myself with one of my colleagues in the back of a barn that this barn was like ancient, right? It was like falling apart what? in the very, very back, in the very, very back of it. This is like horror, how horror movies start. I was going to say, you, and, this is uh, exactly how a horror movie oh, yeah, starts. It's exactly how a horror movie Comic starts. Comic book guys in a barn falling oh, apart. Oh, dude, it, it, is, it was crazy. So we're, we're in this barn and it's like exactly how you think. It's dilapidated, falling apart, old farming equipment on the walls, sides over here, just weird sharp things everywhere. And we're in the very, very very back of this barn where someone had emptied out their storage shed and shoved everything back in there so we're going through the comics and we're going through all this pop culture stuff and my buddy likes ceramics and mugs and things like that so there's all these mugs in this box and i handed it to him and on top of each one of these mugs was a little jar like maybe a half of a canning jar and on top of all these half of a canning jars it had this name on it which i should have recognized but i didn't and so handed the box to my buddy he starts going through it and this guy, by the way, he's uh, he's summoning all of his courage to be in this barn because he's deathly afraid of spiders. And he lets out the biggest howl I've ever heard, like a womanly scream, like, I mean, banshee shriek, right? <laughs> and he, he's about, he's about you know, he's about 250, and he runs out of this barn like crazy. I mean, it's the fastest I've ever seen him move, and I've known him for 20-plus years. And I came and looked at the box, and inside each one of these little canning jars... On the top of it, it said, I think, like, Shalob or whatever like that. And I looked inside, and it was the exoskeleton of a tarantula. And he had, there was probably about seven of them in there. And so oh. that was the... That was a really wow. fun. Uh, that was a really fun <laughs> discovery. So someone had someone had a pet tarantula that they were saving the skeletons for. You know, when it sheds oh, its skeleton. Yeah. And, the, and, uh, the and they molting? named it after the. Yeah, exactly. And they named it after the the spider in Lord of the Rings. I can't remember its name. Um, you know, Shalom. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. 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 And uh, so that that was probably a fun pick and adventure. We found some good books out there. But as far as books that I'm really enjoying, I wanted to give a quick shout out to an IDW book um, called Dick Tracy Forever. Um, I am a big, big, big Dick Tracy fan. This book is just awesome. I mean, people need to go check this out. Um, the other book that I really want to give a shout out to really quick, I was a big Descender fan. And now we're jumping into a book um, by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Neugood called Ascender and first issue came out just a while ago absolutely fantastic and one last shout out a little bit more mainstream but man you got to give it up to Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp on Grant or uh, on Green Lantern man this is the Green Lantern book is just unbelievable it is so good if you're not reading that book you, you you're you're missing out nice fantastic so good books nice I'm into it I love amen. it amen although Driller is a real killer. <laughs> I must say. Very cool. Uh, myself, I've not been diving too much into the books as, uh, you know, had some good finds recently with some Mr. Miracle score, which was awesome. Uh, that was uh, Mitch Gerard's uh, signed by Mitch. That was cool. And then oh. uh, some aliens. You know, I've actually, I hadn't really been reading the new aliens um, from Dark Horse and I jumped into that and yes, holy cow, I'm, I'm loving that Aliens 3. I love that they kind of redid that story and gave us kind of the true trilogy, if you will with this story and man it's it's solid so so good if you are any sort of aliens fan at all i highly recommend going and finding that one somewhere and checking it out and we've talked about it on the show so i'm not going to dive into it but uh loving the art loving the look loving the style the storytelling it's it's absolutely fantastic so 
Cool, man. Well, that's awesome. I am really glad to hear you guys have been having some fun there as well. Um, obviously, there was this really big movie that came out. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Avengers Endgame uh, kind of hit the uh, you know the big silver screens and decided it's going to break all kinds of records and sell lots of movies and tickets to you know all of your friends and family. Uh, did you guys all get a chance to see it? I'm, I hope so. Right. Good. If, uh, yes, actually, it was a, a big to-do in, in my house. If not, they are re-releasing it shortly, and they're going to have an additional six minutes on the new re-release that's coming out in a couple of weeks, too. So, Aww. Just in case I, you needed more time with Avengers Endgame in the theater, they, they got six more minutes for you. Six more minutes? What are they doing <laughs> six more minutes? Yeah. I, I mean, I just I feel like they're weak nowadays. I feel like the millennial kids, they're soft because when they re-released Lord of the Rings extended editions, we got like 40 extra minutes. So Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. Like, if it's if it's not like an extra scene with Landis bread, then it's not worth it. Um, well, to be fair, to be fair, it's it's the entire six minutes is Bucky actually getting to do something. Oh, is that? Oh, perfect. Oh, Absolutely. really? Oh, then, okay, you know what? <laughs> Did he, can... was he properly given the shield? I mean, we don't need to get into that yet. We don't need to talk about that. <sighs> he had the world's longest cameo in the main feature. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Was a, that was, a, that was a, a few disappointments. I'm not going to. One of the few disappointments. I 100% <laughs> agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, overall, though, which, I mean, what you guys think of the flick? Do you think it finished up the the Avengers world here pretty well? Do you think we got a nice story to Thanos' demise, all that good stuff? I mean, I, I have to put in a caveat that I'm very easy to please with movies. If I have a fun time watching it, then it gets four stars out of four for me. There you go. Um, so, yeah, it's got four stars out of four. Nice. It was, it was fun. It didn't feel like there was, like, a lot of head scratching moments like that's so dumb why would they do that type of moments that some very very heartfelt scenes um that really tied in like lots of different pieces and it was really nice i i had fun nice a lot of fun good 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 i didn't realize that, that spider-man could make me cry so much is all i found out so that, yeah. that, 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 that was yeah. that was my only realization oh, from that movie so oh, Max, what what you guys what do you think about it, Max? Oh well, I'm the opposite of Marley, so you know, um, on the Marley scale, I'd probably be well. We're we're doing what four stars? Four right? stars. On four stars. Mar- Marley, Marley scale. Four stars. You know, I, I don't know. I you know, I really I gotta see it again. Right? I gotta see it again. Um, yeah. But I've only I've only seen it one time. Um, I gotta give it two stars. You know, probably two stars. Um, it just uh, for me, I felt. I think my biggest complaint, because I am like such a curmudgeon, um, is that it felt like there was just way too much comedy for me. I mean, yes, thank you. It just felt like there wasn't like these are like the ultimate stakes, right? In this film, these are like nothing is bigger. These are the ultimate ultimate stakes. And you know, you're you're cracking jokes about your ass. You're cracking jokes about this and that. It just felt forced, and and it, there was no sense of urgency in the film for me. Like personally, the weird thing about the movie that I thought is that. I'm, you know, I'm not a big Hawkeye guy. Like he's fine. He's a supporting cast character. He's whatever. But I actually ended up liking Hawkeye the best out of the whole movie, which was really weird. I didn't expect yeah. that, you know, because oh. here's here's Hawkeye and he's lost everything and he's just like, you know what, uh, you know, 
send me into the quantum realm do this with me i don't care like i'm gonna do whatever it takes it felt like he was the only one that experienced like true pain and anguish that he was the only one that really felt the the stakes i guess that that were you know there you know in the balance and um so I, it was weird that I ended up liking Hawkeye the most. I didn't expect that. Um, but uh, I felt like there was a lot. I wish this movie would have been released after the merger, right? Yeah. I oh, wish yeah. this movie would have been released after the Fox merger. Um, if they could have had that foresight and done that, because it would have been great for them to use this as a catalyst to introduce someone like Galactus, you know, have Galactus be pissed off that Thanos like eliminated half of the sentient life in the universe, you know, um, you know, have this as a jumping off point for those types of characters. And, and uh, obviously we didn't get that, um, but you know, I could sit here and complain and nitpick, you know, I think that after I see it again and, it, you know, digest it a little bit more, I'll probably maybe go up to two and a half stars. You know, okay. we'll see. We'll, we'll see what those six minutes are. We'll see. We'll what those see. Six we'll minutes, see what they give know. us out of those six if, minutes. If, if they show power pack in that those six minutes, I'll put it up to three stars. You know, you know what? It goes up to five stars though. If, if those six minutes are actually just a, a little teaser for the next Fantastic Four movie. Oh, okay. Well, good thing your scale's only four out of four because it's, uh, I don't know if we'll get that. We're never going to reach five. Let's see. Yeah. What what about you, Pete? What'd you think of the movie, man? Um, On a, on a scale of Marley to curmudgeon, I think I fell right in the middle. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Because it definitely got Disneyfied to the point to the point that the MCU as a whole, I'm getting kind of tired of because there's the wacky antics just often enough to be too often. They're well done wacky antics scenes, but the pacing is bad. Now it's a lot better than it was in infinity war. That one I thought was just very imbalanced in the tonality because especially especially with the big following the big event in Endgame. Well, okay. I'm going to give you give you two warnings here, listening folks. I'm going to go I'm going to go spoiler free and then dive head head first into spoiler territory. But it's overall it was a really really good Harry Potter movie, I thought. <laughs> and I mean as in great for the cinema really terrific spectacle but any other flaws it had i thought were a lot smaller than i'm really not sure how well it would have held up if you've only seen a few of the marvel cinematic movies i think it would have still made sense the plot but would have felt almost completely unimportant i get i get that distinct impression yeah well and just all those little things you know all those little jokes those little side chats things like that those were all just fandom pieces for people who'd watched all the movies and you're right like if you hadn't watched the entire marvel cinema universe it a lot of that stuff would have just gone right over your head and been very useless to what was actually going on so and even though most of it was uh you know a lot of it was and yeah I, i i probably was a little bit tougher on this movie than i should have been after i watched it um I kind of akined it to, you know, I, I really enjoyed having my chocolate and chocolate cake and my chocolate bars and my chocolate marshmallows and my chocolate syrup and my chocolate ice cream. But then my tooth got really sore and started hurting after just a little bit of it. You know, <laughs> it, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of pieces and they were all good pieces in, in different ways and shapes and forms, but all kind of thrown together. It, it just 
it it wasn't what I was wanting it to be at that, at that ending point. There were so many characters that were built up to be these amazing pieces and these saviors and these heroes, and they just went to the wayside and, and fell really flat and felt useless through a lot of it. Exactly my point with Bucky, yeah. if I may do oh, a, absolutely. Few second, a few second dive into spoiler territory. No, if you haven't watched Avengers by now and you're listening to this, I don't care. Yeah, you, yeah, you're out of yeah. luck. But thanks for the spoiler Seriously, warning. Not. Thanks for the spoiler warning. <laughs> we, we have at least one industry folk li- listen, listening in at, at some point soon. Hi, Art of Roshan. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> thanks for being on board. Um, and we know how busy they are, so... There, there were probably still a few hold out, holdouts, not by choice. You know, or they've been, or they've been in jail or something like that. You know, who knows? yeah, you know. Well, I would hope <laughs> that would not be by choice. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of somewhat less than imprisonable offenses, one, I have a short list of gripes with it, but I think it, I think it was, I really do think it was fantastic on the spectacle. But what I wished for was, man, Bucky got to do nothing, and I mean, he may as well have literally gone. Hey, I'm Bucky. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> for all yeah, for yeah. all the importance that this character who was built up right, literally right alongside Captain America for years. Absolutely. And uh, he got a really long sup. Yeah. <laughs> that bothered yeah. me. I don't even have anything specific I would have liked him to do, but just like one significant timing of pun of a punch or something. Yeah. Something. Um. Like smacked one grunt off of Spike. Spidey's back. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the pacing was still a little off, like I already said, but yeah, much, much better. I love, but what I loved, um, e- even though I feel like while the plot really did hang on well by itself, I feel like the gravitas would not have if I hadn't watched several Marvel, many, well, no, most of the Marvel movies. I loved how they did include the drama in here including but not limited to the fact that like no we we really can't maybe we could but it's it's too dangerous to even try and undo all the damage that was already done all we can do is just bring the people back not only that but even getting to see you know getting a good feeling of the suffering for losing all these people that was cool and i really honestly didn't even expect it really expect that because they've been so Disney fight, including Infinity War, but yeah, almost all the entire yeah. MCU except for like five movies. <laughs> yeah, for just, you, uh, oh, light and fun, light and fun. But no, this was serious and made me get a little uncomfortable for them. It, not for the actors, but for the characters when they got into the. Yeah, we have all lost a lot of people. Yeah. How'd you feel? Uh, really how'd good. you How'd you feel about what they did to Thor? I, I was I was unexpected, very very unexpected, and honestly, the only thing I thought that kept it from being perfect was again the poor timing with the jokes. Yeah. They were good jokes, I approve of them, but it wasn't. It could have been so much better if they had just snipped out some of them, or snipped them out but put them back in later with more jokes and more dramatic scenes later. Yeah, there's a thing out. that they've been doing with Thor for the last few movies where, like, he's gotten more and more 
jokey like he's really embraced the pop culture of earth a little bit too much well that's that's just taika's writing that's just how they're writing him with taika you know i I don't i don't mind you know the the physical changes and and the fact that like clearly this man is suffering from severe depression like he's Mm -hmm. like he's failed and he feels that and it's like okay buddy we can talk about where the blame really sits but you know obviously you're taking this hard and you're going through a thing but some of the jokes were just like, man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's become like, an as guardian of the universe. Like that's yeah. what they that's what they're they're doing is like they're making him one of the guardians of the galaxy. He's a super jokey character. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like what they're framing him as now. And and quite frankly, I mean, as a you know, as a as a comic book fan and as a Thor fan for forever, I'm fan, fine with some of the jokes. Some of the jokes are fine. I mean, there's some a certain the jokes, there's yeah. a certain level. But now, I mean, he's more of like a a comedic, you know level character i mean that i I was okay just okay with his character change in that film until you know they're about to fight you know thanos and he has stormbreaker and yolder in his hand and he calls down the thunder and he becomes all thorified but he's still like fat i guess like i was kind of like i was like come on man like that should have like reverted him back he's a god he's a god God of thunder i mean come on i mean you know you you think a little bit of thunder would burn off the calories you know i mean i didn't mind that though though, because in, in some ways it was nice to see like yes he doesn't get some sort of instant bar transformation going on um you know i just but, wanted i just wanted thor to actually you know kick some ass in the movie and he kind of didn't he like, didn't say, that's you know, where same my with captain, same with captain marvel i mean these are characters that i really wanted to watch kick some cosmic <sighs> ass in this movie and they did nothing yeah they literally did nothing. the yeah. captain marvel one is the one that got me more than anything because they yeah, we literally we literally were we were given a movie before endgame yeah. that she was going to be this amazing kick-ass character and we had less than five minutes of time with her, and her, uh, and well, and less than anything with her actually doing anything. You know, they showed her, like, they showed her fly through one ship, and then she's all of a sudden getting punched around and beat down by Thanos without a glove, and then he gets it back, and then okay, I get it. You have an Infinity Gauntlet filled with stones. You should be fighting. You should be kicking some ass. But prior to that, like, I'm sorry, but Captain Marvel should have been ripping him to shreds. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I mean, even the fact. Even the fact that, you know, at the end of Infinity War, there we see um, Nick Fury and his, his little pager. It's like, okay, great. Why is he calling? Oh, okay, Captain Marvel. That's going to be, she's really going to be the one he's calling, like, for this end of the world scenario stuff. Okay, let's see what she does. And five minutes of screen time. It's like, okay, got it. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty disappointing. It's, it's, yeah. 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 And the Thor stuff, I just, you know, I'm all about you know character development and growth and things like that and you know you know making them uh, more of a light-hearted character things like that but you, you know there there are core values i feel like for every character that need to stay true and, and one of thor's kind of core values is is when a fight comes around he's quick to act he's quick to kick ass and he doesn't get stopped by anything and that was that was not the case with this one so 100 percent. well see that's where i have to enthusiastically jump Right down the middle again. <laughs> because on the one hand, on the one hand, like, oh, man, it, like, yeah, like, oh, man, our our most solid, you know, the one who has been shown as being the most solid warrior, most seek, most dedicated to being honorable and having learned his lesson, yada, da, da, 
is the one who's giving up and you know and there's like okay there's pathos but hey fart jokes not literally but almost you know? yeah yeah well, and especially and even that has its place as yes i know you and i sweetie have discussed even recently <laughs> no that's not an engaged couple thing that's just i have a terrible sense of humor thing um but it, you know and yeah and captain marvel getting so little after literally having been hyped since the end of last last movie and they knew exactly what they were doing there so that was a lot of hype on the other hand i saw somebody measure it out and i realized oh crap they are right before the years intervening after thanos kills it you know thanos kills half the universe mm -hmm. that was a 72 freaking hour period for Asgard being destroyed by Thor. Yeah. Thanos and his men slaughtering almost everybody up from Asgard that Hela had not slaughtered. Okay. And then Thanos killing every, half of everyone, including the Asgardians. Okay. And just to just to put salt in the wound, some nice old old bay mixed in salt. Thor has lost both of his parents thanks to that 72 hours. The ones who brought him back from the brink of becoming a complete nutter shithead. And so it is a beautiful, almost literal PTSD level thing that they did with his collapse there. It is what, what they were aiming for was amazing. Like, I thought that was great, including the... Uh, in, including Thor now suddenly being the dude, because honestly, I grew up, <clears throat> I grew up reading like folklore and myths and legends before I picked up comics. I picked up comics around age seven, but around that time and a little bit before that, I was reading things about like the, uh, it might've been the Persians successfully trapping Ares after he took a bad enough wound in battle that it knocked him out. And then not only treating his wounds, but literally stuffing him inside of a clay jar and tying it shut and leaving him there without food so he would never be be strong enough to break free. Because, of course, he's a god, so that didn't kill him, but he still needed to eat. Okay. And that's one of the original stories. That's one of those millennia-old stories. Yep. About the god of war, no less. So I, I loved that he was still just, <clears throat> you know, he, he was just, you know, physically still looking broken but we had the behavior of hell no no f f this quitting this quitting nonsense and of course you thought i was going to say captain marvel and yes i'm going to say captain marvel <laughs> they laid it out really nicely i thought of her <clears throat> her almost non-involvement because of like i am the pinch hitter like well do you think you're too good for us no it's what I've been putting out these fires everywhere and I still am, but I'm in this with you. So just call me, be right back. And so I thought that that was simple, short, simple to the point fit in beautifully. And the action scenes felt to me, honestly, I could give two craps about Captain Marvel in the movies. I really could. I like her character arcs in the comics way better, but that's long enough that I cannot get into them without hurting her time. Um, but man those action scenes felt like superman just 
blasting through the invading you know alien horde more so than any superman feature has yet animated or live action for sure for sure it it yeah. felt like it it felt like the greatest heroes of the world just said hey buddy now you're in trouble it felt it's like just it felt like lazy writing to me. <laughs> it was it was super simple, but just the combination of the timing of those moments and the music and the shots and the you know, and yeah, as often as we don't say it these days, the CG, mwah, perfect balance, perfect balance. Could yeah. have asked for more, sure, but what they did, I thought, was money. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll agree to disagree. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I, I like your your point there where they you know the 72 hours a little PTSD, but that that was a far cry away from what PTSD is like and what it's about. So I, I don't know with, how, with I don't our know how that timeline actually I don't know how that timeline actually works either. I mean, because wow. to, Tony was like stuck in space with Nebula for I mean, assuming far more than 72 hours, right? I mean, they were running out of food. Yeah, he, like he talked about like, close to 22 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how that timeline works, really. That, but but that even was post so, snap. That was oh, post snap. Okay, okay. But mm. even so, I mean, Thor, Thor's a guy that's been alive for like 4,000 years. I mean, come on, grow up, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and honestly, like, okay, I, I had a problem where he was turning into essentially a very emotional, weepy like i can't talk to the girl i can't talk to my ex i can't talk to, i'm gonna just have like a little money meltdown here like i was like mm, mm, mm. no no well the the, the scenes like, where he was in asgard with rocket were like really painful for me well I mean, and that's my thing they were just, <laughs> for, yeah. for the pace they were setting i would have rather have watched rocket run around with the syringe trying to stab jane for the last 10 minutes rather than him talking yeah. to renee russo all day you know all day. like all day man yeah but I am glad you guys gave us some amazing thoughts on Avengers. Uh, we will let that go here. We'll have. I'm we didn't sure... even. We didn't even talk about how Tony died. I, uh, I, I, you know what? I don't think he should have been the one that died. What honestly, I don't think Tony should have been the one that died. Um, I get yeah. why he did. It starts and ends. I get what they try to do with it. Um, I, I feel he had much more to live for than most. So I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah we could talk about we could talk about what captain america decided to do we could and if we did that we'd have three episodes stacked for us <laughs> if we did that because i have a lot to say about those decisions made and yeah yeah well decisions were made yeah. they were not necessarily what, i was not a fan of them I, I, any last thoughts i will go with that any last so, what so, are, what so are our final like final, to, thoughts, know, final thoughts final thoughts where do you sit on the four star chart then yeah, uh, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, uh, you know, I gave it originally a, a uh, an eighty percent. You know, like I, I, I couldn't quite give it a, a C. I couldn't quite give it a full B. I, okay, I, I gave it, I gave it a, I gave it a, you know, a, a B. I, I would say it's a two point seven five out of four. There, um, you know, we're on the upper side of the half, but not by much. And honestly, what it was for me that, that got me into that was. Um, the character that I enjoyed watching the most on there, you know, is in most of the Marvel films was Ant-Man and I felt that he, you know, they did a great job with Ant-Man still. So I appreciated yeah. that. I worked it. I, I liked you know, some of the big epic fights and battles for sure, but there is a lot to complain about as far as pacing is concerned. As far as I, I felt a couple of characters were 
I don't want to say betrayed, but I don't not want to say betrayed as far as their characters are concerned and how they're developed and what they've been trying to build over the years and what they've been trying to sell us these characters for. Um, I definitely struggled with a lot of those pieces. The If you're going to bring in time travel and you have rules, you need to stick to those rules. And for them sure. to just completely throw those away because Captain America decides he's going to do whatever the hell he wants, I don't I don't appreciate you treating me like a moron and as an audience member. So, Well, and we have to remember that the MVP of the entire movie was that rat at the beginning that yeah. just happened to you know crawl over you know, yeah. that machine. Yep, absolutely. Our MVP rat, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pinky, pinky in the brain over there, figuring it out. And, and to think of Doctor uh, Ken as a security guard after the snap is is a good thought too. So have him watching over all of our our wonderful goods that have been left behind after the snap. So yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, any any final thoughts though? Final final thoughts on the movie? Anything you, you guys are honestly? Here's what we'll do: instead of final thoughts, I know we're all looking forward to the merger, right? We all got to be looking forward to mutants entering this Marvel universe, correct? No. Oh no. No, no. Not at all. Oh like, wow. No, like, I, I'm hoping that Marvel, like, basically, you know avoids anything to do with mutants for at least like five to 10 years. I I'm really hoping that that's the case. I really, really hope that that's the case. Gotcha. I really, really, really want them to introduce, you know, Galactus silver surfer and obviously the fantastic mm. four. And, and the way that I hope that they do this is I hope that they do something, you know, that, you know, if Kevin Feige, if you're listening, do something with fantastic four where, you know, maybe they were from the fifties and they've been stuck in like the phantom zone or something like that for like the last 75 years, you know, have them come back as the, a typical 50s family um and introduce them that way that's one of the ways that you can explain their absence for so long and then use that as your comedic you know ploy um but you know don't ruin these characters and please give us a galactus that's not a cloud please please <laughs> yeah or you know what have galactus come in and there comes the fantastic four like right on his heels or something like that you know anything i just well, now we can definitely have though. That's the thing. Now that we, you know, Thor is taking off into with the Guardians and things like that. You know, there's definitely going to be opportunities for things like the Silver Surfer, Galactus, things like that. Since we're going to be having a, a space adventure now with Captain Marvel, things of that nature, we're going to be spending a lot more time out in the space and across mm -hmm. the wider universe. So that's I definitely see that much more of a possibility. But man, I would I would uh I would love to see some uh some mutants get introduced somehow some way, but if, with this current MCU, I, I don't know how they'll do that, and I definitely don't want anything to be forced upon us. It doesn't make any sense. So I'll, yeah, definitely. I'll see. I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll ante up with you on that one, Max, for sure. Yeah, it's not that I. I mean, I would love to see you know the X Men and the and and you know all of those characters what? that I love and, and grew up loving on the screen in a good way. Um, I would love that. I, know, I don't even need the X Men though. I'm talking about just on those characters and you know Marvel's first family really needs a proper introduction into this universe and uh, and they need to do it right. And yeah. so hopefully mm -hmm. they can they can do that. So yeah, and I don't even need an X Men. I just I would like to see mutant kind be introduced and you know things like that. But once again with you know talk about you know space dusts and things of that nature you know there's there's lots of ways to do that pete what about you man i know you're, you're biting over here you're fighting us right now for some time what's up that's all right it's, all right. it's all important <laughs> comics are all important oh well we could without getting into anything but the most 
immediate point, the most immediate points, just the ones of the story. One, no, Marvel should absolutely not be touching the mutants, and not. And I don't even mean with respect to the Fox, the Fox movie performances at the box offices. I mean that unless we get a Doctor Strange or Black Panther quality, if Marvel and Disney are not willing to work together to just make something serious, then no, Disney quality will be garbage for that. It'll be yeah. nice, yeah. just, just okay, and that's not okay. For sure. But what I think would be perfect for the approach they've been they've been taking so far, you know, that not so fine line between, yay, Disney, everybody, Disney, and this is a Marvel comic story that we've had in almost all of the MCU to date. Fantastic Four would be perfect for that. So I hope yeah. they actually do do the style that they've been using in most of the movies for them because they would be almost uniquely suited to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that Chris Evans is done being Captain America, maybe he can go back to being Johnny Storm. Oh gosh! No, please, <laughs> please no. I'm I'm not yeah. willing. I'm not no. willing to watch him in a spa on the side of a mountain anymore. No, no. I, and, and, but what's interesting about Marvel is that you can see. I was a hospital. You can you you can kind of see what Marvel is kind of doing with the mutants right now, and in, in that they're this this is the scary thing to me because I really don't want to see them introduced on the screen. But you can see how Marvel is already starting the road down rehabilitation now. You know we're already seeing rumors about you know the the '90s cartoon, the original cast, the original voices getting back together and redoing that cartoon. Um, you're and then you know the big big news um, is that Marvel has basically you know canceled all of their X titles and they're going to be relaunching them soon with Jonathan. Hickman. Now, I mean, anybody who knows comics knows that Jonathan Hickman is one of the best writers there is, maybe top three, in comics today. So if there's anybody that can pull X-Men back from the brink of the last 10 to 15 years of mediocrity, it's him. How he's going to rehabilitate the X-Men in the Marvel Universe, I'm not sure. It should be exciting. It should be interesting to see. But you can tell that Marvel's already putting the pieces in place to start to rehabilitate these characters and bring them back into the, their fold, bring them back into their house and their home. And, they have to, you know, though. The, the, now, they that they have have to the, yeah. now that they have that movie rights back from Fox, oh, they, they have to now. The, the comic books is what have to get rehabilitated first for right. us to then get good screenplays and get good stories to get them onto the screen. You're 100% correct on that. And, and I think you're right. You know, Marvel's first family being, you know, the Fantastic Four, you know, that that, that would be an amazing start. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I really am interested to see what Hickman will bring up to the forefront, though. I mean, that that's exciting to hear that his name was the one that got attached to X-Men. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Should be interesting. Should be really cool. I mean, I haven't been excited about an X title, quite frankly, since Grant Morrison. So. This should be this should be pretty interesting. So <laughs> I, like, I like how we hear the laughing better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just shush. I, I'm very pessimistic with the state of things as they are. But if they if they get that willingness and or permission, whatever the case may be, to go for the serious in the movies, that would be super nice. I loved Black Panther. That was almost perfectly balanced from start to finish. I, I can't like agree that. with that, unfortunately. Can't. Yeah, neither can I. I can't. <laughs> well, not, not, a perf- not a perfect movie. Definitely but not I a mean, perfect movie or bal- I, 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 I. But everything that should have been in there was in equal portions, I think. That, that's all I mean to say there. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I know that you're talking about like the seriousness of the tone, and I totally agree 100% with you. The interesting thing about that should be seeing how they handle someone who where the seriousness isn't there, but the derogatory nature of the film is, and that's like with movies like Deadpool. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how are they going to handle that? I mean, if they're going, they can clearly, you know, pivot and do a serious film if they're going to pivot and still continue to make Deadpool movies like we've been seeing them. So, um, you know, it's just whether or not they want to do that. They obviously know that the, the lulls like sell, you know, that's what gets people excited. That's what, you know, the laugh track basically of the guardians of the galaxy universe is what people love. So, you know, they're, they're going to continue to do that. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of unfortunate, I think. Well, is that there may be their cop out though to keeping you know maybe they, they they keep the universes separate as far as mutants and things like that. You keep that that little bit more of that goofy derogatory tone with the Deadpool world, the the mutant world on that side of it, and that MCU sticks. You know they can kind of explore those spaces how they want to, but they can take a lot more control over them with those pieces as well. Totally. Um. You know, and you know they obviously there is going to be a thing now and it is Disney has their stamp on it. And you keep hearing all these rumors and talks about, Oh, they're still going to have rated R films and horror style stuff, but it's still going to have a Disney tone to it because they're not going to let something be attached to their name. That's going to ruin that in any way, shape or form. So they either have to make another studio that handles that, or they mm -hmm. need to let, you know, FX Fox still operate completely uh, autonomously or, uh, you know, with that. And I don't know if that's how they're going to let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, totally true. I mean, we would have to have like another, almost like a, another Miramax, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if we want any more Weinsteins out there, but we would definitely need another Miramax. <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, that's the only way to make this happen. We're bringing um, New Line you know, Cinema back, everybody. That's what's yeah, happening. We're, uh, yes, we're bringing yes. New Line back. I am totally in favor of that. Let's totally do that. You know, that would, that would be amazing. But, you know, I, I think, you know, I think it's, I think it's, um, I, I think it's incumbent upon Disney. I think it's in the best interests of Disney to make, you know, movies that are inclusive for all audiences, right? I mean, that's obviously true. And I just wish that they would have kept the comedic element for the MCU, you know, within that little bit of a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy box. It's fine to have that bleed over into the normal titles. It's fine to have certain elements of, you know, comedic um you know, just jabs and aspects to certain films. But, you know, with Endgame, it felt like, you know, they just kind of turned that up to 10 or 11. Yeah. And, and, and it just it just kind of ruined a lot of the film for me. Well, and it, it, it hurt some of the, that tone is the problem. You know, you you have this great tone being set of, you know, talked about earlier, of stakes being there in the universe. And... <laughs> the Avenger films have kind of done that really well the first couple of movies and then Endgame kind of went to the wayside with that and you know yeah. I, I, you keep referring to Guardians of the Galaxy in that same kind of vein and I, I think that's right where they're they're turning these ensemble films into you know kind of laugh tracks versus you know those really good serious tones where you talk about stuff like Black Panther that had a, a, a great tone is what I will say about that film more than you know some of the pacing and things like that where I had issues but um, you know I think even Civil War had a great tone 
to it, yeah. you know, and that that's one of those things you there were stakes behind those things like Winter Soldier was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. tone. Winter Soldier you, oh, my had an amazing. Good tone. God. It, right. You like, know, arguably the best tone in the Marvel in the MCU for, for me personally. Yeah. And because well, you yeah. knew stakes were on the line and not everybody right. was making it out of here. And you were you were nervous for all your favorite people on the screen during that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. definitely. So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It reminds but, me a lot of um, Pirates of the Caribbean number two. You know, the first <laughs> one was fun. The second one, like on the Marley scale, it got like a one because it kept going back to the same <laughs> jokes that were so funny in number one. Everybody loves this joke. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, stop talking about the rum. Nobody cares. <laughs> For sure. Like, you have to do something new. You have to engage it on its own as its own movie. You yes. can't just keep like, well, everybody likes this joke. Everybody likes it when this character does this funny thing. But no. It's it's almost like you can see the war between the marketing department and the writing teams. Yeah. Uh, if I make it super, if I make it super real. Speaking of writing and producing, team. No, go ahead. If I make it super real for a second, that's why I think the mega corporations are sad before you even start to think about things like RoboCop or Judge Dredd. Yeah, you know, I think they're sad just at this simple level because then it really does become more about protect the IPs instead of innovate. Oh, certainly. And yeah, that, absolutely. And that's why I'm kind of. I, I'm really getting tired of MCU movies, but I still have a lot of hope because of things like Winter Soldier, because of things like Black Panther, because of things like, yeah, I'll say it, Doctor Strange, because while that was met with a lot of, eh, if you look for, if you look at all closely at it, there is a metric ton of theoretical physics in that movie, like actual scientific studies. For sure. Go, going through that. And that's amazing for a superhero movie let alone a disney movie yeah you know so there's some willingness for risks to be taken and if they want to be a good company not just a powerful company they're going to try and innovate they're going to try and change things change things up they're going to do difference whereas whereas you know the adult stuff the more you know (laughs) the more grown up i would argue also more coherent writing Actually, you know, and Disney being unwilling to uh, do something so very different helped birth Vertigo back in the 90s. I'd, I'd forgotten until I started doing deep dives on the latest news. But yeah, s- th- several of the launch Vertigo titles came from what were supposed to be Disney comics on a Disney mature audience's comic book imprint called Touchmark. Mm-hmm. but the imprint was canceled before it was ever launched. Yeah. Well, and that's where you see a lot of smaller studios getting made, like Anna Purina right now, A24 right now. Uh, those are smaller movie studios that are taking a lot of risks and giving people shots and writers that are you know, out there. Blumhouse did that for years, you know, where yeah. they, they were taking risks on new writers and new features, um, and, and that was awesome. And, you know, that, <laughs> They're that was doing a big, the Five big Nights at Freddy's movie, for crying out loud. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's just one of those things, like they're willing to take risks but with that homogenization of you know all this mcu and disney and fx now you know what 
what chance do we have for you know Star Wars, for Marvel comics, uh, for some of those major titles that have always been kind of sheltered by their creators to get some of those risk takers and right. things like that. And I, I think that's where they need, I think Disney needs to make a stand where they, they absolutely can protect their image as Disney, but they also need to let creators create and take risks and have fun with that those as well because there's so yeah. much here this you can go pick up any comic out of those boxes behind any one of us right now and you have a movie ready to go for the most part right. and you have to be able to willing to take those risks on it but do you think that if they're willing to take those risks that they would have to create that sub studio because really quite frankly when we're thinking of movies nowadays it basically boils down to two categories we either have the tentpole franchise or we have the oscar bait i mean those are the basic two categories that a lot of in, in a lot of ways we have available to us right now and it, it's incumbent upon those smaller studios to create those spectacular indie films that give fantastic filmmakers a new voice a new innovative way to you know portray whatever their vision is on film yeah but i think if disney is going to do that i think we go back to what you were saying earlier i think the only way they do that is they're going to have to create that sub studio because they're Absolutely. not going to they're not going to muddle the waters of their tentpole franchises with you know these these off the wall kind of films no so, not at all, because you know what? Doctor Strange and Star-Lord still have to make it into Lego's movie, you know, games and stuff like that, right? They still yeah. have to go yeah. and make it into the next Kingdom Hearts. They still have to go and make it into the next Disney at-home movie. And th those types of tentpole characters, they're not going to be able to put into those areas. But you know what? Stuff, you know, that is off the wall, things, pieces that you're not seeing I mean, a lot of. And they, they, they got to create another studio anyway. I mean, they have to create something else. Maybe it's like a, the 20th Century Fox. Maybe that's how what they're going to use that for. Yeah. Because they got they got to continue to release. Like, I mean, do you think that they're really going to ignore properties like Predator and Alien forever? I mean, come on. No, and you can't. I mean, and that's the thing. Yeah. You can't because yeah. they're too big of movie makers. That you know, right. Alien gets slapped onto a title. Predator gets slapped on a title. You know, just recently that last Predator yeah. film had so much bad going on with it behind the scenes, oh, yeah. and it's still released and made money somehow. You know, it's just mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very unfortunately. But once again, why not have a sub studio that is out there not only taking risks on those smaller franchises from Marvel, from 20th, whatever it is, but going and reaching into a deeper pool of, you know, whatever it is, you know, comic books or YA authors or novels or anything like that where you can go and take a really good risk on something because you know what? The damn Marvel movies are doing so damn well. They're making a billion dollars every time yeah. they hit the screen, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Not, not to drag it out or anything, but if I may offer something that is possibly a closer as well as definitely steal Max's thunder here. <laughs> Do it. This sounds perfect. I didn't know I had thunder. That's awesome. It's gone now, Thor. You ain't got to know more. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm grumpy, and let me tell you why. <laughs> this this is why again this is of course as shallow as shallow can be this is no consideration for jobs or you know for jobs or you know what you know or you know trying to say all right your employees can say this or can't say that good to have you back james gunn um <laughs> here, here. but Amen. man this is why mega corporations are no good whether it's whether it's entertainment or anything else because all you have to do is look at 
your government, and I don't care what country is in. I bet you look at your government and you can say, yeah, adding more paperwork did not make things easier. Adding levels of bureaucracy did not make things easier. The bigger it gets, that does not streamline anything. That does not facilitate anything being simpler or easier in any fashion. Screw the big corporations. Goodbye, goodbye Disney. Let us pimp the hell out of small publishers and small production houses because... While it ain't winning any Oscars, I was only excited for three movies this year, and they were Shazam and Godzilla and Brightburn. And Brightburn nailed it. Is it for everybody? No. You should absolutely never take a child or anybody who's at all prone to nightmares near that. But So the so Foster creative. Kid charity that I set up to go watch Brightburn was not a good idea? Okay, well, I'll uh, change that. <sighs> the, <laughs> They, they might well, be I guess we're going to go see Aladdin. They might set up a charity to, to, to drop the legal drinking age if you go see Brightburn. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Rub that lamp. Rubbing it. All right. But there, there's nothing that isn't derivative coming out of anybody bit big anymore unless somebody who already has an immense amount of power say says, hey, other other massively powerful people. I want to do this thing. How's that go. sound? Well, as I mean, that's, as uh, the that's, internet that's is, how, yeah, as the, Blade Runner twenty forty nine got made. There you go. Exactly. As the internet is going to try and prove us wrong that there's something good coming from those corporations, we will move on. We will move on. Uh, with that being said, thank you, yeah, everybody, for that. I appreciate it. Um, talking about studios, things of that nature. Let's go back to the little guys, man. Let's let's go back to some of the little guys. I know uh, we've had some great support from a couple of great comic book publishers and creators. Um, Pete, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about Fair Spark Books, though, man. I know this is something where uh, you've dove a lot into some of their charities and the way they work, and uh, absolutely amazing for what they're doing out there. Um, but what about some of their books, man? What, what, what do you got for us from them that uh, we can go and check out and try to find ways to support these guys? Oh, my goodness. They are still not quite brand new anymore, a couple of years now, but man, they have, you know, they are like not even three year old comic company who just walked out swinging for the fences. They have their entire point is to bring family appropriate comics to the to the market. They're British based, they're they're England based, but they're trying to bring it to the entire market. Have this print, have this wonderful publisher publishing company for the actual physical publishing that prints your books and ships them to anywhere you want. Nice in the world from there uh, that they that they found to work with, and as and as for the quality of people, this is a comic publisher that started shortly after the people who started it began a children's charity to literally give comic book making kits to children in in hospital wards. Nice. And love that idea. Mm-hmm. And holy moly, the stuff that they're the stuff that they're putting together, even though it does skew it does definitely skew more towards the child the child's level. You look at old, some of their quote unquote older stuff, ancient by internet standards, but <laughs> like uh, like eight like like a gallant namus, great shades of Looney Tunes and Disney and a little bit of Douglas Adams in there in there too <laughs> as a fan as a fantasy adventure. Nice, nice. Highly recommended for something you would enjoy reading and small cousin small cousins ch- your your own children etc would enjoy would enjoy reading with you and you could feel about 
A, not worrying about scarring them, or B, having them talk down to either. Hey, mm-hmm. that's tough. That That's a tough balance to have, for sure. Yeah, man. Nice. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah like I'm I going to get four okay. out of four. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy. They're very, they're fun. They're super fun. It's like, Gallant and Amos especially reminds me a little bit of um, Asterisk. Asterisk? I'm butchering that. Um, You're the only one who speaks French. <laughs> Asterisk. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a little bit, it's, you know that wonderful feeling you, you always got when you sat down with like the comics the funny pages on a Sunday when it was in color and you got to read all your favorites. It's a little bit like that. I get lots of nostalgia. It's, you, it's making me happy. You got first dibs on your uh, comic books from the paper. I like it. Comic strips. Yeah. Nice. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. It's, a, it's just, yeah. And like you said, nothing that you would worry about like handing to a younger kid and then finding out that there's a scene in there that maybe they shouldn't have seen or anything like that. But, you know, also nothing that they're like, oh, these are for babies. It's it's really good. Nice. I love them. I dig it. Oh, yeah. Well, sweet. I mean, they're they're they have the latest, you know, the the about the mid range. They even had a purely picture book comic book. And I mean, literally completely wordless, kind of mm-hmm. like. As I as I very thankfully got to get get to the eyeballs of the creator, that uh, was so because yeah, just straight up anybody who remembers Raymond Briggs the Snowman, be it the TV special or that book, it was that level of just kind of watercolor pastel silent joy. It was it's it's very it skews a lot younger, like I said in all the stories, but man, it is just it is just delightful reading everything they've got to various degrees it's so light and so it's just really pleasant stuff hey and and this is literally about a fox and a leaf yeah in this <laughs> case it's it's a fox it's called leaf it's there you about go a fox and a leaf well and i think you know there's definitely a place for that right now where there's there's so much noise and and so much uh kind of that sensory overload with a lot of things and to have something that's a little bit more of that calming nature that thought process that thought provoking systems like that i'm in, i'm into that i think that's a great idea and i think that's something to really champion as well and, and good for them to to really find a nice little piece of that for themselves so that's awesome to hear Amen. Amen. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I mean, any other books from uh, them that you want to kind of give a spotlight to or anything like that, Pete, before I move on? Well, I'm going to cheat and, and play to the internet's, the internet's interests, but it's also a really dang fine comic. Snuffy and Zoe is created, written, and drawn by one of the original animators of Boba Fett. Oh, nice. There As you go. One of the guys who worked on Fett's very first appearance. <laughs> I see where you're going comic. there with the old internet's favorite. <laughs> it's a cheat, but it's true. It's high, It's high, high quality. And follow this man on Twitter. He's so full of comic history and so happy to share an animation technical know-how. He's awesome. John Celestri. He's the... I think he's even the token American. I, I don't know if they have more, but at the very least, they picked one with great art skill and a darn fine mustache. <laughs> that that makes the man usually sometimes a good mustache. I, I like it. I like it. Way to way to go revert back from the beard and head over to the uh, you know the lip fur. So I dig that. 
Comics for all, man. Comics for all. Be they beards or mustaches. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, super shout out to Fair Spark and all of their amazing creators over there, man. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing and, and keep that up. Um, we'll definitely do everything we can to help support you guys out as well. And thank you for the time you guys have spent with us and communicating with us and, and spending time with Comics for All. So we, we appreciate everything you guys do out there as well. So keep it up. Keep it strong. And uh, with that being said, there has been some major news, the the bombshells and drops, you know, I, I mean, I, I wasn't really following, I guess, the industry super close. I, I had no idea this was even coming the way it came, but I do want to talk a little bit about Vertigo closing the doors, man. Uh, this is a company that um, had one of my favorite books of all time that I, I literally have a number one Hellblazer sitting right next to me here from Vertigo. And... <laughs> All right, number one from Ver- Hellblazer from Vertigo right here. After that catastrophe, we are back in action. Well, it just shows how mad that Marley is that Vertigo is shuttering its doors and Absolutely. she's breaking things. I mean, look at that. I did not know metal tumblers could shatter like that, but they That's sure crazy. did. So, I thought that was Vertigo hitting the floor. Oh, <laughs> ouch, ouch! They could only make that loud kerplunk like any other. So, yeah. <laughs> that was rough but uh no so vertigo man let's talk about these guys a little bit man uh you know what kind of what was kind of going on here what what was the, maybe some of the causes some of the thought process behind it like i said i did not follow this closely i haven't read a ton about it but i want to hand it over to max to kind of start us off you know what what was kind of your reaction to seeing this first off i mean my my initial reaction wasn't one of shock um it wasn't very it wasn't a surprising decision um that they actually made this I guess move. Um, you know, it was disappointing though, especially as a longtime fan of Vertigo. I mean, Vertigo got its start in 1993. That was, you know, when I was, you know, a pretty young kid and when I started reading comics and started to pick up their books. Um, you know, but I think this was a, you know, DC, you know, like Karen Berger said in her tweet, I think DC mixing Vertigo was a long time coming. I think this, this, this is true. And I think part of the reason is, um, you know, a lot of independent creators are, you know, shopping their, their stories you know to image i mean that makes it a lot harder but i also think that that dc just isn't wanting to you know kind of continue to the, down that road and quite frankly um i think that they're doing a good job with the dc black um kind of label there that the dc black um stories that they've published so far but you know i mean it's it's got to be you got to wonder i mean why why do we really need to shut down vertigo completely you know we still have the the pop-ups coming on like when you know we still have like the um you know the young what is it called the young i can't remember young whatever, animals but, or whatever. yeah there you go i mean there's the young yeah there you go young animal and you still got the sandman universe and you still got the wild storm stuff and the jinx world so i mean why can't you just keep you know vertigo alive is maybe just like a pop-up right you know but they want to shutter its doors completely and um and that's kind of disappointing i think for a long time fans yeah for sure definitely i was uh i was hoping they were gonna be the ones to help us bring back some swampy but you know what as long as they keep giving us a big huge summer releases of swamp i guess i'll be okay so. yeah and I, and I think that what they want to do is they want to take those characters like swamp thing maybe um you know maybe there's plans for you know maybe a swamp thing on the dc black label but you know who knows uh, what's going yeah. who, know, I mean, who knows what's going on with dc like quite frankly yeah i mean there's the so place. much yeah there's so many rumors there's so many changes i mean it wasn't even more than 
than like two or three months ago that we thought that the DC Black Label was going to shutter. You know, and now we see there's going to be all these books that are going to be released for it. I mean, Harleen is going to be coming out for that, uh, the DC Black Label. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen over there. But, you know, just for a nostalgia, I mean, for nostalgia's sake, it, it is sad that we see the end, really, truly, of a comic book era officially came to an end last Friday when, when they announced that. You know, Vertigo is no more, and, and uh, you know the, it was bittersweet. Even yeah. though I expected it, it was bittersweet. It, it absolutely was, and you know when you're talking about like Karen Berger, you know, I mean, a female uh, founder of this company, you know, to have Vertigo at such the level that it was, you know, that's just that's a, a huge blow in a lot of different levels. But for for her especially, you know, that that's a that's, that's a big piece. You know, she she did a lot to kind of change the industry with Vertigo, and to hear they're they're shutting down like that it was just I, I was blown away. I, I, yeah, wow. I yeah, and I mean, I think that the the relationship that that you know the DC Brass had with Karen Berger had deteriorated a long time ago. But I think that you know the way that we should remember Vertigo, it's easy to you know throw out Swamp Thing and Sandman and Preacher and, and Hellblazer and all these amazing titles that we all grew up loving, you know. But we really should we got to go back and we got to really celebrate Karen Berger because this is a woman Absolutely. who we wouldn't we wouldn't have these stories without her. She was the person who was essentially the editor for Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing and yep. Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I mean, she grandfathered those titles into becoming the groundbreaking work and the timeless work that we all love and, 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 you know, put on a pedestal. So I think it's important for us to, to remember her contribution, but um, you know, and you know, Maybe we can, you know, make our voices loud and clear by going out and buying all those Vertigo you know, reprints. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a sad day. I mean, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Pete, what you got for us, my man? Well, I mean, especially since kind of, uh, kind of, sort of still on on merger fronts, even though AT and T picking up Warner Brothers is not new. They've been restructuring Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment pretty heavily. And that's not done that is not done yet. So that plus the fact that our big Vertigo relaunch was it you know, it's the Sandman universe. So it's not an imprint? Sure it's an imprint. It's this storyline. A storyline's not an imprint. Okay, I kind of <laughs> see where this is going. Um but their, I know their mission statement is to streamline the brand, as in not actually chop titles, but just marry things together. So I don't know what's going to happen with Jinx World, because that's so new, that's so very new, and that is being heralded as this is the creator-owned corner. But um, but yeah, they're at least dropping most of their other imprints and going, okay, everything's all together now and just to, f to avoid avoid brand confusion and yada yada the the i'm still feeling a little curmudgeon so i will throw in a it feels it feels a lot more like focus groups than actual efforts at being innovative and daring and creative but yeah we will see we will see yeah and i, th I think like the you know i do think that it's it's important that they i think 
I would feel far worse about the Vertigo shuttering if we didn't still have the DC Black Label. I think it's super important that we still have DC Black Label because it allows them to tell almost like Elseworld stories. It allows them to, you know, have guys like Snyder and Capullo are doing right now with their Bat titles to really um, tell some interesting narratives that aren't going to be part of that normal DC continuity and that can be, you know, more adult in context. And, And it's important that they continue need to keep that alive um especially to keep the people that really are buying comics now buying dc comics you know which are generally people between the ages of 25 and 45 so i think it's important that they keep that imprint alive um but I, again i don't understand why they had to kill vertigo completely i think that if they're going to continue to have you know some of these um you know some of these you know imprints that are still going going i mean why why is it why do you have to completely eliminate Vertigo? You know, why do you have to do that? So I don't really get that um, at all. I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's where my more my surprise came from, honestly, was I, I felt like that was just a really good place for the comic books to be in really uh, you know it wasn't on the major label it was this you know more of an indie system owned by dc right but it it was a great little place for people to kind of get that upstart in you know and i and i felt great i always loved seeing what was new coming out of there so you know i think i would have liked it i would have liked if they would have just done like if they're going to have a sandman universe why not have that sandman universe under the vertigo umbrella you know because at least you're keeping the vertigo name there you're keeping that imprint alive utilizing sandman one of the major books for that imprint so i i wish they would have done something like that i mean i know that it's really hard now for vertigo to to remain relevant when you have fantasy comics and other comics that are you know going and finding a home i wish more than they were at vertigo but you know that's what vertigo was vertigo was the template for image in a lot of ways yeah so you know it's it's um you know it's just a bummer that dc has sort of turned its back on this chapter in their history 100 percent, 100 yeah indeed well with that being said any other thoughts before we break off here from vertigo marley pete anybody Re- in in honor of the pouring one out for our fallen homies look for trade paperbacks of global frequency thank you thank you to uh Mr. Shane M. Bailey, for the for the idea, by the way, to make sure it's to mention this, but yeah, it's the best Vertigo book and that I've ever read, and yeah, probably the one that most people have never even seen. Indeed, twelve issues, completely well contained and utterly insane, and it encapsulates not everything but much that was and is Vertigo. Yeah. So get out there, do your hunting, yeah, get running on it. That's a pretty big endorsement. I don't even know if I can pick my favorite Vertigo book. I mean, that is so. I mean, that's, I mean, think about it. you got Hellblazer, One Hundred yeah. Bullets, Animal Man, The Invisible, Doom Patrol, Why the Last Man. I mean, God. I mean, American Vampire, dude. It, that it's insane. I mean, Preacher. I mean, how do you pick this one? I mean, yeah. Well, that's that's why I had to th- thank Mr. Bailey because I. <laughs> I got to shoot and think about this days ago. <laughs> and to be fair, I would say it's a hard call between that and Swamp Thing and Books of Magic and uh, Sandman. Yeah. It's hard to say, but yeah, I would yeah. say I would say that for all facets working well, maybe not amazingly, but working well, 
I would say I would say that global frequency edges out the others. Like it's a it's a photo finish. Yeah. Hellblazer is just one of those ones that I mean it, it absolutely is one of my big comic book moments besides Swamp Thing too, you know, and it's you know, we're sitting here talking about, you know, where this guy came from and this was this was rough, man. Like this was a this was a really tough one for me. So what do you think was the last for me, the last great uh vertigo book? What do you think that was? I mean, I can tell you what mine was. For me, I think the last great vertigo book for me personally was probably The Sheriff of Babylon, which was obviously by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. I mean, that book was absolutely unreal good um but what were you guys did you guys have like a last favorite i guess uh honestly for me it was american vampire was my was my like last run that i did from vertigo uh i mean i i remember picking up american vampire just like really randomly and absolutely being blown away by it and it it got me off of the trade world into the the, you know that monthly life where i was just like oh my gosh i need a pull list where can i go because i have to get this every time it's out i need american vampire in my life that's so good. Love you. Sound love like me and how I dived on on Immortal Hulk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's speaking of just good good horror. But back onto Vertigo, because oh goodness, that's delicious. Oh, what are we digging? What are we digging out, Pete? Oh, I'm looking for a for a global frequency, but I really need to <laughs> replace my shelves so my trade paperbacks are. <laughs> awful right now <laughs> nice marley anything from you because i'm we're going to get on fables out. fables nice oh, good nice one. good solid, solid fables pick. yeah gotta love those uh, adam hughes covers yes mm-hmm. oh, those were good those are real good yeah and i mean just the whole thing fables is so fun and it's just such a different thing and you really couldn't have done it, I think, without Vertigo. Right. 100%. Yeah. Man, I completely forgot about Fables, too. That's a great one. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, my comic book store got really, really used to seeing me. (laughs) And Uh, coming by to pick up the trades. Very nice. The Warren Ellis. Mm Mm-hmm. And Global Frequency. That that was the last great Vertigo book for me. Global, all right. I mean, I, I adore I adore Fables, but this, I mean, good lord, you know, Jack Horner and Santa Claus telling him that he's a prick. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> that was great. But this <laughs> is insanity as you know, just cogent philosophical insanity as only Warren Ellis can bring you. For totally. sure, into it. Cool. Well, we are going to call it there because we are running a little past our hour, but I want to thank you guys for coming back on, man. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you all again. We're going to be having more episodes coming out here real soon from Comics for All. Uh, We appreciate everybody's patience while we took our little sabbatical there. Um, And thank you guys for sticking around. I do want to apologize for such the long gap between shows, um, but we're going to have a nice summer here. We're actually really excited. Uh, Everybody here on the show has been just throwing ideas left and right once we got the chat firing back up. Those fires did not need much to get stoked again, so we're excited to be back. We're excited to be bringing you guys more shows, and thank you for your time. And with that being said, Miss Marley, where can everybody find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Marley and the Cricket, uh, and 
they can find me here. Yeah. Comic, comics for all. We're back. Yay. Mr. Max, what about you, my man? Yeah, you can find us, uh, Turbo Comics, on Facebook, uh, Turbo Comics on Instagram. Um, we're also at Turbo Comics ID on Twitter. Um, we're also going to be opening up a website soon. It's going to be called Turbo Comics Shop. If you go there right now, you can actually enter in your email to sign up for one of our grand prize drawings. So we're going to be giving away a lot of prizes. So make sure you sign up and go to TurboComicsShop.com and throw in your email um, and enter yourself into our prize drawing and uh and you might win yeah and pete where can everybody find you sir i love to help out promoting the comics at my local comic shops and on our twitter account at all for comics (laughs) always there on the ones and twos to handle in the twitter life so uh we appreciate you guys uh my name is matt once again you can find me at the big papa matt on instagram and twitter uh also follow uh all for comics uh comics for all on instagram we're getting that lit back up as well um also with comics for all you can find us at malice-corp.com uh but we also appreciate you just hit us up on stitcher itunes all those wonderful things and we will be actually um looking for our new home at comics for all on just a couple of nerds.com so be ready for that as well and we'll have more to come on what we'll be doing where you can find us and find us the most amazing places ever uh but wherever you download us remember to like subscribe and share with all your friends out there and family and uh, let us know what you guys think drop those reviews give us some feedback and we'll be there to let you know uh that we don't care what you think so it's all right don't worry about it (laughs) thank you guys so much for your time we appreciate you and have a great one See ya. Bye-bye. Peace and air, Grisio. <laughs>